Welcome to the Sales Navigator Live Show with Stan and Bryn. Join LinkedIn expert and sales professional Bryn Tillman and me, Stan Robinson Jr., Chief Coaching Officer here at Social Sales Link, as we bring you the best tips and strategies for leveraging Sales Navigator for your sales success. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's Sales Navigator Insights event. Today, as you can tell, we do not have Bryn Tillman with us, although we have a very close associate of, of hers, longtime associate, Bob Woods, who's a colleague of both Bryn and I here at Social Sales Link. And Bob is our CMO. LinkedIn strategist, LinkedIn profile expert. So I'm delighted, Bob, to have you with us today. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks for inviting me, Stan. I, I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I don't have the flowing red hair. So um, <laughs> hopefully people could deal with the literally the polar opposite of that and um, and uh learn hopefully some 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 very important things when it comes to a sales navigator and and especially how how the profile can really help people who use uh, sales nav yes exactly we we do pride ourselves on variety here and <laughs> so if yes so um you can be assured of that absolutely so, i know that we always talk about Sales Navigator insights and how you can use Sales Navigator to, you know, find the right people, start trust-based conversations, and so forth. However, whenever you engage with someone on Sales Navigator, they are going to wind up looking at your LinkedIn profile. And sometimes even before you engage with them, in Ms. Your LinkedIn profile will be the first thing that they see after they hear about you or whatever the context may be. So I wanted to take some time to talk about how to make sure that your LinkedIn profile, which is kind of your digital front door on LinkedIn, is structured in such a way that you position yourself as a resource for your audience. And that's why I'm excited about having Bob here with us to talk about that. So we're gonna dive into seven tips on structuring your LinkedIn profile to make sure that it is working for you. Because the wonderful thing is your LinkedIn profile is a representation of you and your brand that's open 24 seven, 365. So Bob, I'm, I'm let you start. I know we, we talked about seven tips. Um, if you want to talk about your general philosophy as far as the profile, and then we can dive into the seven tips. Yeah, that sounds great, Stan. So um, I think probably the, if there's if there's nothing else people take away from this, and hopefully people will take a lot away from this, but um, hopefully people will just keep one thing in mind. When it comes to what we do as salespeople on LinkedIn, you're Profile is not 
a resume, okay? It's really not about you. It's about them. And with them being what I call your audience. So because I come from broadcast journalism, we're always concerned about audience. But even in broadcast journalism, we had specific characteristics of the people who we were targeting. Guess what? That is the same thing as who your ideal client profile is. It's 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 basically the exact same thing. We we would look at things in a little bit of a broader sense in terms of demographics and things like that. Um, people who are using Sales Navigator should ov obviously know already, especially because of what Stan teaches here when it comes to you know using the filters to find exactly who you're looking for. Bring all of that over into the profile because it is about them, uh, about the people who come to your profile because of all of the efforts you're doing on LinkedIn and Sales Navigator. So you're targeting these people. How are you doing it though? You're making your profile value centric, make it of value to your audience of prospects. And how you do that? you educate them, you get them thinking a little differently about their solution or uh, to their problem actually. And hopefully they will then see the value of not only speaking with you with that initial sales conversation, but hopefully eventually as you take them through the process, through the process, they're seeing you and your solution as to the problem, to, to the solution that their problem needs essentially. So it has to be constructed in a way that's most definitely not a resume because people don't care if you, you know, if you've won the president's award and you exceeded quota and you're an expert at LinkedIn X or I'm sorry, you're an expert at um, Microsoft Excel and PowerPoint and all that stuff. People who are looking to you to help solve their problem, they don't care about that stuff. They want to know that you know what you're talking about and that you have the potential solution to their problem. Yep, exactly. And it's it's interesting because I always use this and I realize, Bob, you come from a, a broadcasting background. Um, I always say that people are only interested in one thing. We all listen to the same radio station, which is WIIFM. Huh. I love it. That's great. People on the call always, there's always a few that know that that radio station, WIIFN, stands for what's in it for me. And that's what your profile viewers want to find out. And the thing about the internet is that your competitors are just a click away. So if they don't see something of interest that grabs their attention as far as how you can help them, how you can answer that what's in it for me question, they're gone. And as Bob mentioned, the President's Club, quota crushing sales professional, that is not going to help them make that decision. So Bob, do you, do you wanna dive into uh, the first of the seven tips? Say someone's got their profile, they say, okay, where do I start? Yeah, so you start at the tippy, tippy, tippy top with the banner. So, so many people out there either have a banner that is, um, you know, that's, that has nothing to do with what they do for a living in terms of what they sell, or they have the dreaded gray blob up there and it doesn't show anything as look, you have to use that valuable real estate space and it's gotta be eye catching. 
and it's got to communicate your brand's message. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's got to show at least you and your company. And to, to be honest, there are so many different effective ways to do this. It's impossible to boil it down into a formula. And there's so many things that people sell and everything else. I mean, you can't, you can't really convey, especially through a, you know, brief soundbite in a podcast, exactly what it should be. But overall, as I said, it needs to convey your brand's message and, um, the the easiest way to do that is one of two ways. One, especially if you're like a solopreneur or you're a part of a small, um, if you're a part of a small company or something like that, you maybe show yourself in an action shot or something like that in front of people. Or if you're given a presentation, if you're in a crowd or something like that, that's always effective. Or, you know, the easiest thing that I suggest that people do is to click around LinkedIn see what other people in your industry are doing with their banners and get some ideas from those to put together your own. Now, if you're working for a big company, they may already have banners ready for you. And that's great because those are going to be focused on the brand. Those are going to be focused on the brand language. They'll have all of the corporate colors in there already. So that's great. If you're in a medium or small size company, though, they may not have that. So that's when you may want to do that clicking around a little bit more. But overall, though, you really need to convey that brand message. So that probably does mean using the corporate logo, keeping to the 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 corporate colors as much as possible and things like that. So, you know, whether you're showing your products, if you can show your products, if it's a service-based thing, show your services a little bit there somehow. Like I said, there's it's mind-boggling how many different ways that it can be done. But overall, uh just make absolutely sure that something is up there. And there's something else that I would like to add too. You don't necessarily think of the LinkedIn banner on your profile as something that just needs to stay static and you never do anything with it. Mm -hmm. If you have an event that's coming up, promote it in, in the banner. If you have a new product that's launching, promote it in the banner. You can actually swap in and out images. I mean, you know, there's no limit as to how many times you can do that. I know that some people actually keep it dynamic all the time because there's always new stuff that they have coming up, whether it's a presentation, whether it's they're going to be attending a conference, whether it's a live event, um, you know, whether there are new products that are st staged to roll out throughout the year. I mean, really start thinking more along those lines rather than just putting something up and saying, oh God, that's done. Bob told me to do it and I did it. I'm never going to think about it again. You can't be like that. You really need to make that area as dynamic as you can. Now, if you can't, you can't, and that's fine. But, you know, if nothing else, make sure that you're conveying your brand's message. And, you know, if you're only selling one thing within that brand, then that's fine. If you've got a whole suite of things, like I said, the easiest thing to do is to click around and see what other people are doing, get inspiration, and then either design it yourself or go to a Fiverr or something like that. If you're, you know, if you're small and have someone who is a professional do it for you there. Great. Yep. So great nuggets. And I appreciate your mentioning you can change out the banner because a lot of people just set it and forget it. And it's a huge missed opportunity. 
for people who are creatively challenged like me, some of the good news these days is generative AI will make processes like this easier. There'll come a time when you can literally just talk to uh, generative AI and it will create exactly what you tell it to do. So thank you for that one, Bob. Yes. And so that's that's first, you've got your banner, which is the biggest piece of real estate on your profile above the fold there. What would come next? Next is what's right up there with the profile and that's your photo. And so many people sleep on the photo. They, uh, they don't do it right. They don't really put a lot of thought into it. And that's really a shame because um, I think these are the latest numbers. They keep going up. That's all I know. But um, members who have a photo on their profile get 21 times more profile views than someone without. And they also get nine times more connection requests. Now, those aren't percentages. We're talking 21 times and nine times, not 21% and 9% because that wouldn't be great. It's just, it's absolutely huge, the the, uh, photo. So a couple things that you need to do. One, it needs to be as current as it can be. So I'm going to take myself for an example. I've recently lost a lot of weight. And, um, and that's throwing a lot of wrenches into things around here. (laughs) But one of the first things that I needed to do was to get an updated profile photo because I don't look like the person that I used to look like. And I used to have hair and stuff like that. If you're watching me right now, you can see that I obviously don't have hair anymore. I made the joke up top. You have to make it look current. And the easiest way to do that is to get a current photo up there. So with that in mind, what you need to do is make it look like what you would look like on either a normal day or if you're in a client facing situation. Mm -hmm. So um, if you're like me and Stan, we're always in in quarter zips in the winter or, you know, like regular dress shirts in the summer. That's fine to go with. Don't put yourself into a three piece suit for your profile photo if that's not what you look like during the day. Now, if you wear a three-piece suit during a normal day, then 100% do that. So, you know, make sure that it looks like what you look like on a normal day and make sure that it's current. The one other thing that you need to do is you need to actually zoom in on it, not like totally if it's like, you know, top of the chest and your face, that's fine, but you can't have a really a zoomed out picture of yourself. And there's a, there's a strategic reason for that. So when you see your photo on the LinkedIn profile, that is the largest that you are ever going to see it on LinkedIn. It gets sized down like four or five different ways, but the size of it always decreases. So you have to make sure that your face is prominent within that um, within that photo. Otherwise, if people see your um, see your headline and stuff like that, and we're going to get to headlines in a second, but <laughs> if they see it there and and your face is like so small, they can't tell who you are or what you look like, you might as well just not have a photo up there at that point. Yep. Great points. Great points because people will put on nice outfits and and they'll pose and it'll be from the waist up, but you can't see their face. Yep. And it's so easy to forget that. Yeah. Um, Bob, I, I know that I suggest that people not use selfies because you can tell when they're taking a selfie. And yeah. I can't tell you how many profiles I see of pictures 
of with folks who've taken a selfie in the car. Right. And, yeah. and that's the, any, any feelings one way or the other that you have about that? I know I'm kind of old. Yeah. School. Neutral. Yeah. Neutral backgrounds are, are, are definitely the best. Um, the, the selfie style doesn't work because you can always tell when someone has their, has their arm out and taking the picture, just find someone if absolutely nothing else to take your picture in a, in a pretty well-lit area. Uh, if you can stand a little bit farther in front of your background, that's great because that means that you won't be casting shadows on your background, but at least just have someone else take your photo. It doesn't have to be freshly taken. If you can get it professionally taken, obviously that's great and do that. You don't have to do that, but you do need to do some things to make it look professional at least. Yes. Yep. Thanks. Okay. Then I don't feel so bad now for telling people, please. Absolutely not. The selfie. Absolutely not. Grab somebody off the street and have them take the photo if you need to. Okay. Yeah, just make sure you get your phone back when they. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Small detail. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. So great. So we've talked about the banner, then the, the photo, because people will be looking for your photo. They expect to see that there. And what's next? Next is going to be the headline. So that's immediately below the photo. Most everyone probably knows knows what that is. Most people usually put account executive at Acme Widgets or whatever. That's bad because it doesn't communicate who you help, how you help them, the services you provide, and the results that you bring, which are the four elements that any good headline should have. Not only that, but if people see account executive, they're going to think, oh, God, salesperson, run away. You'd you absolutely don't want that. You want people to be curious enough based on what's in your headline to keep reading and feel connected with you enough to keep reading. And also so that they know that you are potentially a person who could help them with their problem. So that's why you need the four elements that I mentioned in there, or as, as, as many of the elements in there as possible that you could fit in there. Now, the headline is another area where, you know, we do have kind of a, a, a bit of a formula in terms of putting, you know, what you need in there. But because everyone is so different out there, it can that that formula can be applied in so many different ways. The easiest thing that I would suggest for you to do would be to um, look at, you know, um, Stan's headline, my headline, Bob Woods, Bryn Tillman's headline. We really because obviously we teach the stuff we know how to construct a headline and when you read our headlines that's how yours should be in a general sense while while keeping with those four elements who you help how you help them the services you provide and the results that you bring to people great yep and they have is it 220 characters 220 characters that's up from the old 120 thank God, yeah, yes. but you do have 220 characters and spaces. So you need to put all of those elements or at least as many of them as you can within that 220 characters. Great. Okay. Good deal. So we've talked uh, about things people see above the fold, and I think we may have one or two still above the fold, but what, what comes next just in terms of the list. Yeah. So in terms of like importance more than anything else is the, the next one in terms of importance is probably going to be your about section. So this is where 
you really start providing information to your audience of prospects that you are the person who can solve their problem, but you're not doing it in a salesy way. And you do that by, instead of talking about what you do, hi, I'm the person who can do this. I'm the person who can do that. You, you don't at least start off the about section like that. Um, you teach them rather than saying, you know, everything that I just said, essentially, you do that by first in, in the first paragraph or two, identifying who you are, who your audience is, and then also kind of identifying their pain. So, you know, if it's, um, if you're a financial professional and you're looking specifically for medical professionals, you may want to say, uh, and, and, and here's where I start getting myself in trouble a little bit. Cause I'm coming off, uh, off the top of my head here, but you know, um, um, medical professionals in today's world are, are, are having all kinds of problems. Um, Oh God, I'm already screwing this up, but you know, um, you're identifying their situation. You're also identifying who they are so that, so that they know that they are in the place where they're, where they need to be. So a medical profession's problem is probably they don't have enough time to do financial strategizing for themselves and their families while running a very, or being a part of a very, very busy medical practice. And they're all busy nowadays. So, um, so you identify that in the first couple of paragraphs, then you can get into a little bit of education. So in the example that I just cited, um, you can edu- you can start educating them just a little bit about the things that they should be thinking about when they are going through this process of, of, of going, oh my God, this is a problem. How do I deal with this? The education points that you bring up should start at least solidifying a little bit in their mind what you can do for them because you're bringing them this education. You're offering this stuff for free. So as you're doing this and as you're, you know, hopefully forming some thoughts in their minds about what they should be doing, you're also letting them know that, you know, hey, I can help you because I'm the person who's telling you which directions that you should probably be going in. Underneath that is then at that point, you can start saying, I'm the person who can help, but you're not going to do it in a salesy way. So, so you can start proving just a little bit about what you do down there specifically. And again, this is where Brent Stan minds, um, and my um, profiles can come in because we've got our structured in this way. So um, if you want to look at my profile underneath that educational section, I detail without being salesy exactly how it is we help. And then you would close with a call to action that says something along the lines of if you're, if you're considering and going back to the financial professional example, um, if you're if you're considering speaking with someone about your situation, I invite you to have a conversation. Whether or not we decide to work together, I'm sure our conversation will bring you value. And then you provide your contact information down there. It's even better if you have a calendly scheduling app, uh, a calendly scheduling link that they could just schedule directly from the profile. Great, great. So. Yeah, one thing that many of you may not have heard is including your contact information there in the bottom of the about section, because yep. some people will say, well, you know, there's a there's the contact tab right at the top of the profile, and why put it in there twice? And 
I usually say because people are lazy and many people don't just totally overlook that contact info. Exactly. Exactly. I can't tell you how many profiles that I've done where people go when, when we work a little bit on that tab and they're like, Oh my God, I didn't even know that existed. Guess what? So many people don't know it exists, even though it's there. That's why you have to make sure that it's in front of them. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and for those of you who perhaps don't like to write and the idea of writing an about section, um, is less than attractive. Let's just put it nicely. Uh, you may be thinking, well, can I use chat GPT for this? And the answer is yes. But Bob, would you add some caveats to that? Some people may be, you know, already thinking, yeah. About, oh, yeah, yeah. So, Chat GPT does work. Unfortunately, one of the things that I've discovered in, in using it, because there are times when I will use it as like just the start of something. If I'm coming up, if, if I'm having problems with coming up with something, I will use it as, as, as the start of things. And then I will go and improve it and make sure that it's in my voice and things like that. Chat GPT tends to sound the same across no matter what profession that you put in and, and things like that with it. So if if you are going to use ChatGPT, the one thing you can do is to read the output of it out loud. Read it to yourself out loud, however you want to do it. But if it starts sounding like it's ChatGPT to you as you're reading it, it's going to sound like ChatGPT to everyone else. Make sure that it's put in your voice and you may need to alter it significantly coming out of ChatGPT so that it sounds like this is you rather than ChatGPT. Yeah, great, great. Thank you. So I'm going to move on because I want to be respectful of your time, Bob. And and with these discussions, oh, wow. the time, it goes in a heartbeat. Yes. Yep. So what uh, would come next on, on your list? Yeah. So next is going to be the featured section. So the featured section is a very graphical section that, that, that you can use. And, and, and because it's so graphical, we call it the scroll stopper because as people are scrolling down, they're going to see text and they're going to see a little more text. And then they're going to see this feature section that has graphics in it. And that's going to make people stop and wonder, Hmm, I wonder what's going on here. So in the featured section, you should have educational material and, and material that builds up your thought leadership to reinforce the fact that you are the go-to person in your industry for these types, um, for whatever problem that they're facing. So um, with the educational part, it should be ideally posts that you've already shared. If it's not a post, then maybe it links out to a website of yours that has this information in it. I wouldn't necessarily post like a reshare of an article that goes out because if you post that and they click on the article, you've then lost them because they are now out to an article and they can go, you know, God knows wherever at that point. You really want to have something there that is either a post or goes to your website or goes to the company's website or whatever. So at least that thread in their mind is still there about it. The other big thing that you want to do is make sure that it's current. Um, I, I use the analogy of a produce section. So produce section 
it's a value because there's stuff in there that you want to buy. But if the stuff starts getting old, guess what? You're not going to want to buy anything from that produce section. It's the same thing with the featured section, especially because if you're in a, if you are in an industry that's dynamic, like Stan and I are in stuff gets old really quick. So you want to make sure that the content that you have in there is is current and and of course that it's educational and and, and builds your uh, builds your brand as a thought leader in whatever industry that you're in. Great, good deal, good deal. Um, and Bob, I'm going to let you run with the last. I think there are two more. That we yeah, there got. are two more. Yep. So the next one we're going to talk about is the experience section. So this is where you get to tell your story. This is where you can start using I and me and things like that. But you're not, again, you're not going to be salesy. What you're going to talk about is what value do you bring to your clients? How do you make a difference in their lives and their, in their professional lives? If you have a compelling personal story about why you are in the business that you're in, go ahead and use that. Um, one of our big clients is, 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 is a, um, is a financial, professional services firm some of the people who are who are out there who who are out there providing services in insurance in securities and things like that they have very compelling personal stories about why they're doing what they're doing to help other people in those cases we absolutely um, put those in the experience section because they're really compelling I mean I've I've done some where it's like wow I had no idea people don't have any idea and um, so, so you kind of need to tell them why you're doing what you're doing, unless you're just doing it for a job, which is fine. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you may not want to say that in the experience section, but if you've got a great story about why you're doing what you're doing, you definitely want to put that in there. Two other quick things. One is what we call the experience hack. And we put hack in very, very heavy air quotes because you're not hacking anything. Um, you can go to my profile to see what that is like, but you're using the functionality that most people use to show their progression within a company. You're using that instead to show either products that you specific products that you sell or services that you sell, or even if you sell one product to different industry verticals, you can highlight the industry verticals that you sell to as well. Oh, yeah. The other quick thing is everybody asked about previous experience. What do I do about previous experience? There's one of two things. One, if you work for a direct competitor, obviously have it in there, but you know, don't put anything in the um, in in the sections where you would put your story in your main experience section. If you have other experience in other companies that aren't competitors or even different industries, you can spin those up. So how did the job that you were in before help you now? Mm. Everything should lead up to what you're doing now or as much as you can, because there's sometimes when it just doesn't work. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. There's nothing you can do about it. But, you know, sometimes, and, and again, take financial services, for example, if someone's coming from a restaurant background, there's a lot of client interaction involved there. There, There's a lot of cases where people have helped people in, in restaurants with, with whatever. You could spin that up to show how that experience in the past is helping you today. If you have those opportunities in your past, absolutely use them. Fantastic. Great. 
Well, Bob, I want to thank you so much. This has been awesome. Lots of takeaways, lots of great nuggets. So this is one of those recordings that you'll want to go back and listen to again for our audience. And again. Now, and again. Yep, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Sorry, and, I had to say that. <laughs> and if you'd like to take advantage of some free resources, you can go to socialsaleslink.com slash library for a comprehensive uh, library of resources on social selling that you can take advantage of. So with that, we're going to sign off. Thanks for listening. Thank you again, Bob. I appreciate being here, being here Stan. Thanks so much for the invite. All right, everyone have a great day. Thanks, bye-bye everybody. Thanks for listening. And join us again for more insights on Sales Navigator and social selling strategies that will differentiate you from your competitors and accelerate your sales success. In the meantime, you can go to socialsaleslink.com forward slash library for free content on LinkedIn, Sales Navigator, and Social Selling.